I mean, what a weekend, bro. What a weekend this past weekend in the sports universe. I mean, I was just being lazy this weekend. I was sitting back and watching the game, the one o'clock game. It started off with the Vikings and the Colts. And, you know, after the first quarter, I was like, listen, man, I'm going to get a head start on doing what I normally do on my Saturday schedule because this game is a wrap. Come to find out, it wasn't a wrap. I just got to witness history, okay? And then to cap it off on the Saturday night, the Buffalo game versus the Dolphins, I mean, that kept me that kept me locked in. And then you had stuff going on in the NBA. And then you had stuff going on yesterday. I mean, man, can I get a break? Actually, a lot. I don't want a break. I love it, okay? I love it. It's like a drug. Sports is like a drug to me, and I can't get off of it, okay? Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's going down because we got a loaded show today. I mean, we are talking... Obviously, the NFL, we are talking some Knicks. It's been a minute since I talked about my Knicks, and that was the reason why. Okay, now they're giving us something to talk about. We're going to talk about it right now. We also got talked by Anthony Davis. There's a lot to get into. I mean, we even got some new segments coming your way today. It's all going down. Sit back, relax. And before we even proceed to give you what you need, like and subscribe to the channel to be notified of any new uploaded content that we have coming your way. Myself, cousin, and Zay, even though Zay is out today. Okay, we ain't come to play today. So like, mash that like button, share it with a friend, and we might as well begin. Cuzzo, what's going on? What's going on, man? Crazy Monday. Let's get to it. I mean, we might as well get right to it. And um, for the record, Zach is out. Zay is out. But we might as well get right to the first topic that we have here. As you see at the bottom of your screen, we're going to start off with the G-Men right now. And it was a Sunday night football game last night. So we're going to debate what is our biggest takeaway after the Giants win over the Commanders on Sunday Night Football. And Guzzo, I would love to tag myself, and I'm going to keep it short and simple, then I'm going to pass it back over to you. I think for me, it made me reflect to the minor debate that we had about which division is the best division in the NFL, right? I remember it wasn't the vocal point or the focus of our debate. We just happened to debate it. It met its way into another debate. But I think we debated about the AFC East and the NFC East and which division was better and which division is the best in football. Now, I remember I'm saying it's the East and you were saying it was the NFC East. I said the, the AFC East, right? And I said to myself, man, it's so overrated, the NFC East, bro. I mean, outside of the Eagles, this is a fraudulent division. Everybody else is fraudulent. 
The Eagles have been playing the most consistent football, so I can't call them frauds, right? Even if we believe they're one and done, there's nothing that they've shown us to really, you know, back that argument until we see it. So I can't put them in that category. But after the Eagles, you talk about the Giants, you talk about the Commanders, you're talking about, um, who else am I missing here? I'm blanking right now. Who am I missing? Commanders, Giants, Eagles, and some Cowboys, right? I'm saying to myself, this is a very fraudulent division. Everybody in this division could be bounced one and done. Everybody. I wouldn't put it past the Eagles either. And I looked at that game last night, right? The Giants did everything to lose that game, right? They did. And the Washington Commanders, they didn't look all that great to me. Now, even though they had a couple calls that didn't go their way, okay, um, even without the calls, they wasn't playing well in the first half. Taylor Haneke is what I call a YOLO quarterback. You only live once, so just throw it down the field. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. It didn't work in the first half. It started to work in the second half with a bomb to Curtis Samuel, with a bomb to Jahan Dotson. But I'm saying to myself, I am looking at two overrated teams. Credit to the Giants, right? They got the win. We get it. But they have no talent. It was just the scramble of Daniel Jones. It was just the, you know, the running with Saquon Barkley. They remind me of an apocalypse where you have this family that only they only have a gallon of water. They only have some tomato cans and other cans to eat, and they're making it do what it do with it. But we all know at some point that food is going to run out because you need the food to survive. And that's how I'm looking at the Giants. So my biggest takeaway is that this division, yeah, I'm talking about you, NMC East. It's the most overrated division in the NFL to Mike Jones. Oh, boy. Well, all right. Before we go and come at your overall premise of going at the NFC East, let's break it down really quick. Uh, Washington outplayed the New York Giants. They outplayed them. Uh, they outgained them in yards, probably about 100 yards. Clearly, Washington had some problems getting into the red zone. Once they got into the red zone, they couldn't punch it in, right? Like you said, some calls definitely didn't go their way. Referees was not helping Washington football team or commanders. Um, and the Giants, are they overrated? Absolutely. I mean, we talking about a team that started six and one. Okay, so if you go, if you break that down really quick, right now they record is uh, eight five and one. Okay, so they stink. Okay, just to be fair and clear, they stink. I give you that. The Giants overrated. I think the Washington Commanders is even though um, Giants beat them. I think Washington is a little bit scarier than the New York Giants. But let's break down this NFC East, man. Let me help you out, Cuzzo. From a historical perspective, the NFC East always beat up on each other. We was known and dubbed as the best division in football for decades. We have now resurfaced. And don't disrespect uh, the Washington Commanders or the New York Football Giants when they playing against one another. Don't judge them when we playing inner NFC East battles because we're going to beat up on each other. Okay, we're gonna make each other look bad. Okay, next week we got Eagles Cowboys. Somebody gonna look bad. We're gonna come on Monday, or rather, yeah, we're gonna come on Monday. The game is on Saturday. We're gonna come on Monday. We're gonna be like, yo, listen, uh, the Cowboys look bad, or the Eagles look bad, or the Eagles are fraudulent, or the Cowboys are fraudulent. But that's the NFC East battle. It's going to happen. It's it, from a historical perspective. We just back to where we belong as the number one division in football. That's a fact. Yes, clearly, to me, Eagles, best team in the NFL. What are we really talking about, okay? And you can say the Dallas Cowboys is inconsistent, but they got 10 wins with three games remaining, okay? What are we really talking about? There is no other division, AFC East. There is no other division that can match that, okay? Because Miami still don't have 10 wins, okay? You got two teams over there in the AFC East, that's 500, not above. 
Everybody in the NFC East is above 500, okay? So, clear, when we play against one another, we're going to beat each other up. But as far as the New York Giants, back on to them, they shouldn't make the playoffs. I agree with that. They overrated. They shouldn't make it. Washington Commanders should make the playoffs. They're a scarier team to me. They're a better team. They're a more complete team. Danny Dimes, not that dude. The Washington Commanders defense is legit. Giants defense goes in and out. I would like to see the Washington Commanders in the playoffs because if they played um, the Minnesota Vikings, I think that I think that's where they're aligned. I think that would be the line. If they play the Minnesota Vikings or whoever from the NFC East play the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Bet money on that. And then we will come back and say, wow. So we got a team from the East that had a first round by. We got a team, let's say Dallas, go play Tampa. They beat Tampa. And then we got the other team from the East, go beat Minnesota. We won't be saying that they overrated then. I mean, look, they're overrated, okay? All right, let me you know, <laughs> move you. myself from being high octane for a second. You know, have a little comfortable poach here. You know, oh, man, first of all, the Vikings and the Commanders played early in the year. Who won that game? The Vikings, okay? Oh. So I'm, I, I'm pretty sure we got that, about that visual, right? The Giants played the Vikings next week, so I'm guessing we'll see a lot about that. So we're going to know if your comment that you just made is accurate in the next oh, couple yeah. of weeks. Okay, so we're going to know that, you know, very sooner rather than later. Now, when you factor the eye test, because the eye test is very important to how we judge teams and how we debate sports, the eye test, right? And I'm watching this game last night, and we could talk about beating up on each other. I can look at two bad teams play and beat up on each other and know (laughs) that these two teams are bad. When I looked at the Dolphins and the Bills on Saturday night, I said to myself, you know what, even in a loss, I'm like, the Dolphins showed me something, okay? They showed me something that I didn't know they had in them, which is they can right. go in the cold and actually almost should have won a game at Buffalo. I thought it was going to be a blowout, to be honest with you, right? right? I bet on the Bills. I'm happy I won that bet. But I'm like, yo, the Dolphins earned my respect in that. So that was a game where I was like, all right, both teams I can see making some type of noise in the playoffs. When I watched this game last night, I'm saying to myself, both teams, if they were to make it, they will be out of here in the no. first round. See, cousin, cousin, you the funniest dude. You a, you you slickster. You know you got to give a gab. I give you that. This dude can talk it up with the best of them. I give you that. You my guy. I give you that. But I'm gonna piggyback on something that you say all the time. When it's a divisional game, it's always going to be close. That's Miami and Buffalo. It just was a close game. I'm not giving Miami props for that because I give Miami props when they play San Fran. Okay, they got smacked. Okay, you forgot about that? They looked horrible. Okay, they played a division rival. They just kept it close. That's all. So piggybacking on things that you say, not me, this is what you say. When is a divisional game? It's going to be a close, hard-fought game. They played Buffalo, hard-fought game in the snow. When they played San Fran, okay, when they played the Chargers, when they played, they was getting smacked around on the road. Okay, looking horrible on the road. We forgot about that? So let's go back to the basics, okay? The NFC East, at the division rival, yes, they don't, they're not great teams. But to be fair, in the NFL, in the NFC, we don't have a lot of great teams, bro. We don't. Tampa don't look good. Minnesota look like a shaky team. I don't care if they came back with the big comeback. You got down at home 33 to zip, you're not a good team. Okay, it's just that Jeff Saturday act like he was coaching on Tuesday. That was his problem. Okay, that was the the coach's problem. They have it's Jeff crazy Saturday coaching. He was the Tuesday. same guy 
who said <laughs> you are what your record says you are. That's what you said a couple weeks ago when we talked about the Vikings, okay? So I'm actually exposing that. I guess times have changed, right? A couple wins and a couple comebacks has changed our mind, even though we won the game, right? But that's okay. Neither here or there. It's irrelevant, right? Okay, we get back to this conversation, and you started off this conversation saying that, you know, the Washington Commanders record is this and that and, you know, some, you know, the Eagles, something like that, right? <laughs> right don't put me on it, but you said something about record. Okay, why are we talking about you know how teams and stocks is going down when the Vikings record it, it, it is what it is. I mean, come on, they won the games that they were supposed to win. Actually, they were showing me something that they can win close games. Remember, this was the same team that had the Minnesota Miracle. All right, sometimes the vibes is different, sometimes you have a lot of luck, and a lot of people like to downplay luck like it doesn't exist. Sometimes your your franchise have a gift from God from the football gods, right? Absolutely. I can classify the Vikings in that retrospect. When we talk about the commanders and how cursed they are, how they've been cursed for the last 40 years, you want to come on this mic right now on this beloved Monday, December 19 at 12.49 p.m. Eastern Time, okay, and tell me that I'm supposed to believe in a team that has shown me nothing since the days of Doug Williams. I don't know about all that. But anyway, I'm going to play this clip from Ron Rivera, and I want to talk about staying in this game. Particularly, let's hear from Ron Rivera yes. right now. Terry seemed pretty adamant. He had pointed his hand out to the ref. What, what was the explanation? What did you guys see on the, on the film? Looked like Terry pointed. And his that's hand exactly out. what I thought too. Thank you. And I got to ask about the Curtis one as well. Um, it, it, the fourth down. Uh, yeah, I mean, I again. Yeah. In fact, don't ask me about the refereeing because I can't answer the question. Somebody give this dude some water. Somebody give this dude a bubble bath. Because I don't know, every time I look around, I see this cat, Ron Rivera, snapping on somebody. I have a close relationship with my guy, Um, oh my gosh, Late Lewis Jr., who comes on this show. He's an insider for the football team. And he always tells me about how hard Ron Rivera is on the media. Okay, even their own media that cover the team. Why is this guy over snapping? Relax, my brother. Musa, breathe in. Breathe out. I'm your therapist right now. Breathe in. Mm, Musa, breathe out. Why is this guy always snapping? I get it. You can argue they got robbed. Literally, you can argue that. I mean, there was a yeah, call. Absolutely. Before we get to the last stretch of the game, oh, there absolutely. was a call where it was a pick play that they called that wiped away a touchdown. And then there was obviously the illegal formation with Terry McLaurin where we saw in the video him throwing the thumbs up to the referee, to, referee yo like i'm good you know what i'm saying and the referee was like my name is bennett and i'm not in it i got some ways to go right now okay so you on your own there and then you know obviously they called that and then the last play of the game that looked like a flag to me you know what i'm oh, saying Tell what you think about the sequences of events over there listen unfortunately like you said washington's curse man because that was a horrible call we'll start at the end of the game this is the last play of the game that was a pass interference that, I mean, that should have been first and goal on the one, okay? Like you said, um, when they got the penalty, uh, he looked at the referee, gave him a thumbs up. Referee didn't say nothing. He ran the play. They get called. It, they was getting jerked pretty much all day. Like I said, Washington looked to me better than the, um, the New York Giants. It just looked better. To me, they outplayed them yesterday. But as far as Rivera, right, let me, let me give you some historical status about my man Rivera. Uh, he learned from the best. He learned from Mike Dicker. Okay. He used to play for Mike Dicker. And Mike Dicker, go anybody, go to YouTube, go somewhere and run Mike Dicker the way he handled the media. He went at 
the media hard body. He used to body the media. Rivera used to play for him. If you don't know, he used to be on 85 Bears. This is where he grew up. This is how he came into the league. Rivera is a hard-nosed coach. He believes in old-school style, too. So the old-school style, the Mike Dicker style, that's how he coached. And if you go look at Mike Dicker in the press conference, he disrespected the media at the highest of levels. To, to, to Mike Dicker, Ron Rivera looked nice. Absolutely. We're going to move on here. And before we actually leave this topic, I got a clip from my guy, James Finnessy, the Bottom Line Podcast. Make sure you plug that in. He was actually supposed to come on the show today. He felt under the weather, but he was kind enough to send me his reactions to play on the show. So let's right. do that right now. What's going on, guys? Hope you're doing well. That's number one. Number two, I want to apologize for a my voice and b my appearance um i woke up feeling a little bit under the weather it's nothing too too serious i'm doing pretty good um so i'm sorry i can't be on the show full time but i figured i would uh, make a video really quick talking about the new york giants because whoo man what a win last night huh <laughs> now granted the reps did help a little bit because you had Two pretty controversial calls, um, one being, um, I forget the player on Washington who was asking uh, the ref if he was lined up correctly, but you had that, and then he immediately threw the flag once the play started, so that was total BS right there. And then, of course, you had the pass interference in the end zone on fourth and goal that was not called. But the Giants end up winning anyway and escape with a 20-12 to victory over the Washington Commanders. And listen, do I think the Giants are going to make the playoffs at this point? I do, but at the same time, I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm a diehard New York Giants fan, always have been. But let's be honest with ourselves here. This Giants team has no business having eight wins on the year. I I'm incredibly shocked that they even have eight wins to begin with, considering the fact that you have no wide receivers, no offensive line outside of Andrew Thomas. Saquon Barkley, although he was very, very good last night, he clearly did not look 100% for most of the season. Daniel Jones, while he's having a much better season than he has the past few years, I still have questions about him. The defense has been pretty decent. Kayvon Thibodeau has been an absolute monster, though, especially against Washington last night. I got to give him a lot of credit. But you literally have nothing on your team. How do you even have eight wins? I'll tell you how. It's coaching. Brian Dayball has done a fantastic job with this team. If he is not at least in consideration for coach of the year this year, I don't know who will be. But that's beside the point. Listen, I love the Giants, but I think that they're a bunch of frauds. They're frauds because, look, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but what are they going to do when they get there? They're going to be a first-round exit. Let's just call it what it is. This Giants team is not a playoff team. They are still in a rebuild mode. They're still trying to figure things out. Uh, look, nobody expected them to be in this position in the first place. We all thought that it was going to be another 3-13, and 3-14 and 14 year because they added 18 weeks this season. It's still taking some time to get used to. Um, 
But we all thought it was going to be another three-one year. It was going to be another one of those years where it would be like, oh, we're going to figure out what we have here, what we need to address. It was going to be the same BS over and over and over again. But nope. Now we're talking about the Giants possibly making the playoffs. I can't believe it, but we have to at this point. But look, the bottom line is simply this. The New York Giants, I think, are going to make the playoffs, but they're going home in the first round. It's just that simple. The Giants are a bunch of frauds. They have no business having eight wins this year. Am I happy for them? Absolutely I am. But at the same time, I'm not getting my hopes up with this team because I know what they are capable of. They always find ways to lose, and they will prove it once again in the playoffs. If you want to find out more info about me, you can follow my show, The Bottom Line, on YouTube and on all audio platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for The Bottom Line, especially on YouTube. We are close to 10,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, so please help us get there. It would mean the absolute world to us. But real little on the guys, I'm going to throw it back to you. Thank you guys very much, and hopefully I can come back on very, very soon. Much love, and happy holidays to you guys. Yes, sir. Same to you, my guy, James Finnessey. Once again, check that out, the Bottom Line podcast on YouTube and all platform options. You know, with that being said, kind of got robbed kind of kind of no they got robbed all right they, they got outright robbed but real quickly here is the segue go ahead cuz mike is yours yeah my bad Real, really quick it, the last couple of times the giants made the playoffs they won the super bowl so i i would go back to him and say forget about the one and done they this franchise creeps into um to the playoffs i don't care if it's danny dimes because eli manny wasn't much of a quarterback to me but they could get hot. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I remember the pack is bouncing them out too. You know, where yeah. Odell Beckham Jr., that, that boat trip, that the curse y'all to this yeah. day. Y'all remember that boat trip? That's the reason why y'all ain't get back. Well, we'll <laughs> see what happens anyway. You know, let's move on to the next topic as we are going to move into the NBA. Speaking about my Knicks, right? And I'm very torn, but I'm going to pass this mic as I read the question for you right now. With the Knicks on a seven-game win streak, mm -hmm. should they be active during the NBA trade deadline? And, Cuzzo, I'm going to let you start this one off while I ease my way into this program. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. The New York Knicks, and um, I know, Cousin, you're a Knicks fan. I think Knicks fans is probably pretty funny, man. I, I do. Because, uh, you know, y'all look for any glimpse of hope. And I don't know what your overall objective is at all, or your overall agenda as a Knicks fan. Like, are y'all trying to win a championship? Because if y'all trying to win a championship, that's sale. That's sale. That's over. It's not happening. Not in my lifetime. It's a wrap. So I don't know what y'all hoping for. Now, you're hoping to make the playoffs? Clearly, right now, what y'all, 17 and 13? After about one-third of the season, y'all think y'all in the sixth seed? Can y'all do a six-five seed? Absolutely. Can y'all go and get another player and and and? And a trade, uh, DeMarc DeRozan or something, maybe, you know what I mean? Something like that. I don't know. Can, can y'all do something? Maybe. But for what? Because y'all not going to get one of those dudes. A dude that's going to pitch you over the hump to win a championship. A dude that's going to pitch you over the hump to be competitive to win a championship. That's not going to happen. That ship has sailed with Donovan Mitchell. He's not coming. It's a wrap. Okay? No disrespect to the Knicks, to the Knicks fans. 
it's over. Do y'all want to make the playoffs, get into the first round, maybe go win like a game or two in the first round? Sure. By all means, do that. Because I don't know what your expectations are for these Knicks. Or if, as a Knicks fan, what is the expectation as a Knicks fan? To win a championship? It ain't going to happen, bro. Okay? Because the last time you won a championship, uh, what, 73? I wasn't born. Okay? Uh, the, the Twin Towers was not built yet, and it got knocked down already. Like, what are we really talking about? We didn't have VCRs. We didn't have DVDs. We didn't have streaming. We had nothing. It was nothing modernized in a modernized world. We didn't even have modernized NBA. There was no salary cap. What are we really talking about? You couldn't even get traded in the NBA. Nothing. When last time you won a championship, and you want me to say, should they be active in the trading deadline to win a chip? They're not that franchise. They're not that team. But good luck to your Nick fans for making the playoffs and getting eliminated in the first round. Somebody remove this cat in New York card, boy. <laughs> Please, can somebody remove his New York card? Because I don't know how this brother's from Queens, Hollis Queens, and is trashing the Knicks like that. That that's a problem to me. But anyway, okay, anyway. I would say this. Okay. Hmm. Musa. I slightly, it hurts. I slightly agree to an extent. I think we are trying to make moves at the trade deadline for the wrong reasons. And I'm going to explain that in just about now. Okay. First of all, let me credit and give credit where credit is due. We are winning basketball games. Hallelujah. Okay. That's for starters. Number two. Tom Thibodeau has shown more flexibility when it comes to his lineups for a change. This man was a stubborn man, always has been, and now he's showing more flexibility. Benching Evan Fournier. Benching, making the godfather decision to bench his mans, Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, right? Benching, um, what's the other dude from um, Atlanta? Cam Reddish. Benching Cam him, Reddish. okay? But I think we are, we are making the wrong moves. I heard that we are trying to trade you know, for a star, potentially Eric Gordon. We, you know, we peeped in the negotiations over there, you know, just for the wrong reasons. What we are doing right now, what Leon Rose is doing is creating a vault full of draft assets, hoping that he can use those assets to bring in a star, right? And I think that's the wrong approach because we've been waiting for this star for like the last 10 years, okay? Absolutely. Probably further than that. And I think when I reflect back, to how you should build the team. Yes, if a star wants to come over there, he ain't going to say no. If Kevin Durant says, I want to be a Nick today, you ain't going to say no. If Jokic says, I want to be a Nick today, you ain't going to say no. But them cats don't want to come here. It's obvious. They don't want to <laughs> deal with the pressure of being in New York. So what you need to do, instead of passing on draft picks, I will flick back to the draft. Oh, trade the pick, trade the pick, trade the pick. We creating this vault of draft assets, hoping that one day a guy can come through. And I always tell people, never put your faith in other people's hands. Don't depend on anybody else. You do it. How about you draft that star? How about you draft yep. that superstar? When you look at the NBA, Giannis drafted. Okay, Jokic drafted. Luka drafted. Trey Young drafted. Okay, John Morant drafted. All them guys was drafted. And you Damn. had an opportunity. Damn. You wanted Donovan Mitchell, right? You had an opportunity to draft him for a way cheaper price than you was willing to pay in the offseason. So how about we draft that guy? Because those guys are there. If you need to fire some scouts, fire them. But at the end of the day, you're hoping that one day Moses will come and lead you to the promised land. I'm sorry to say, it's not going to happen. So you need to draft the Moses and hope that that Moses that you drafted with the arm team pick can lead you to where you want to go. Little Shadamas. 
Yeah, listen, Cuzzo, you said it perfectly. It was from a different angle, but you basically said exactly what I said, okay? I did it with a little more, uh, you know, uh, 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 venom, okay? <laughs> but you basically said exactly what I'm saying. This The organization got to get it right, okay? And they got to start right there from the front office. Like, they got to get it right, okay? You can't be trying to pit this puzzle together and you're missing big chunks. You got to get a guy. You got it. The NBA, you got to have a guy. If you ain't got a guy, there's no hope for you. The last time the Knicks had a guy, they depleted an entire team to get the guy. That was Carmelo Anthony. That's the last time they had a guy, right? But they, what they did was, we're going to trade everything for Carmelo. Bring him over here to do nothing. That didn't make any sense because now you need a team around the guy. So they had a guy without a team, okay? What are we really doing? Y'all got some good pieces right now. Y'all need a guy. Y'all need a dude. You need a John Morant. You need a Jason Tatum. You need a guy. And then I will be on. I will say, hey. All them guys are drafted. Like Every guy that you're naming was drafted. Every guy. They were yeah. drafted by a team. Okay? Yeah. And they morphed into that. And they stayed pretty much. Right? Everybody that I named stayed except for Donovan Mitchell. He just got traded in the right. offseason. But everybody I named was drafted by the current team that they are currently on right now. Steph Curry. Same thing. Drafted. So you need to go ahead and, and find you know, these you know guys. You know what's going to come to the Knicks? Damian Lillard in five years when he's past his prom and washed up. And everybody's going to get hyped about it. We got Dame Dollars. We got Dame Lillard. And I'm going to laugh because this is comedy. Y'all do this every time. Y'all get superstars way past their prom and expect them to be that dude when they was in their prom. And I'm just going to laugh. I just think that right now, instead of us trying to trade, and what I mean by the wrong reasons, we need to be active trying to trade away some of these guys we have in our Absolutely. roster so we can compete, not in compete, but complete a full rebuild, right? How the hell are we trying to rebuild and make the playoffs? Does that even make any sense? Okay. <laughs> like I can understand. And you remember what I said, cuz about, you know, building the young roster and the young movement while trying to contend. That's one thing, right? That's, that's one issue, but yeah, trying to rebuild and contend. What are you stupid? We need to go full rebuild. Julius Randle's playing his best basketball since the last two seasons, right? Yep, we agree. need to trade him now. This is the time where we need to trade him because we can get some assets back. Like I said, nobody's walking through that door unless you draft the guy. So mm. we need to go for rebuild right now and, and you know, and, and do that. But, look, I will say this, though. On the bright side, because, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting frustrated here. On the bright side, I'm <laughs> glad that we paid for Jalen Brunson. I think that's one of the moves that we Woo! made. That actually makes sense. I mean, the guy had back-to-back 30-point outings. Okay, he's showing that he can be that point guard stability that we need. We haven't had That's a point guard prior to him coming through that was worth any level of substance. Maybe you go back to the days of Raymond Felton. Okay, yeah. but now that we got that guy, we got that guy locked down. Now we can literally do what I just said to do and build around Jalen Brunson and go full throttle after that. Yo, cousin, real quick, let me piggyback off of that. Jalen Brunson might not have the physical attributes as a lot of players, but he is definitely made of that stuff. I I'm going to give him props what props is due. He is definitely made of that stuff. That's a dude I would want on my team. That dude is a rock. That dude is solid. He got high basketball IQ. If you pick a superstar with this guy, y'all will be competing right now. Like, I'm going to be real with you. If y'all had Donovan Mitchell right now, I know that's a what if. I'm going to be honest with you. I would look at y'all like, yo, that's, they got a shot. Because Jalen Brunson is definitely made of that stuff. 
and when his shot is not falling down, he impacts the game in other areas. Absolutely. And it gives you 100% effort on both yep. ends of the floor. And that's mm -hmm. the kind of cat we need. We need a cat that's built for New York. His personality, I already saw it from yep. when he was on the Mavericks. When yep. they went on that run and I saw interviews of him and how he played, I said to myself, he can handle New York. Yep. Which else, one of y'all going to handle New York? Which one of y'all can? And when you Andrew talk about the NBA and how soft it is, and I'm going to talk about a little bit more when I get to my what up segment, right? There's one guy in particular I'm going to mention. But when you talk about how guys, they want to be traded after you tell them, yo, why you late for practice, right? Trey Young and this and that. Guys are so soft that they know they're not built for New York. And that's why I also think they don't want to come to New York. But it is what it is. Anyway, we're going to move on to the next topic after we won this flashback clip, clip right here. Okay, we're going to be back in about a minute and a half. Keep it locked. Mm -hmm. Let me give y'all my take for 99 cents. The New Orleans Pelicans, they are leading the West? The New Orleans Pelicans is leading the West? And Zion Williamson is the dude? That's my take for 99 cents. Zion Williamson is back. The man played 19 games. The man is averaging about 24 points and 8 rebounds. And they got the number one record in the West. We better be talking Zion. Zion Williamson, the number one pick. We didn't have this dude in the top players at the top uh, players under 25 years old. Zion Williamson is making the push. Zion Williamson is back. And we better be looking at those New Orleans Pelicans because they got players over there. And when you got Zion healthy, they might go there, I say, to the finals. And that's the Freddy System take for 99 cents. Yes, yes, yes. It's time to move on back onto the NFL before we come back to the NBA. And we got to talk about these lines because why y'all lying? <laughs> okay, let's talk about these lines right now as they won against the Jets yesterday. And the question goes like this. Will the Lions make the playoffs? And should they retain Jared Goff in 23? Because of the mic is yours. Oh, man, this is tough. But I think. The way they're trending, um, I would love to see them make the playoffs from a schedule perspective. I don't know, right? So I know that's an incomplete. But if I had to throw it in there, I'm going to say, no, they're not going to make the playoffs. But this team, I think they won, what, six games in a row? If I'm not mistaken, I think they won six games in a row. Something like that. Um, yep. the streak. This this team is on, it's, they on top, man. They, they looking good. Jared Goff. Is definitely a starting quarterback in this league. He is a uh, right now at least a top fifteen quarterback in this league. I think we could at least say that he for this year he's a top fifteen quarterback in the league. The Lions' offense is playing well. The defense is stepping up. Is they a scary team? If they did make the playoffs, if they do rather make the playoffs, they'll be a scary team. And I don't think nobody want to play them because they could score with the best of them. Um, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to make the playoffs. I mean, if they're gonna if they win the, if they win out. And they make the playoffs. Who really want to play the Lions? Seriously, if they went out, who really want to play this team? That that team would be names. I don't see them winning out. I, I don't believe. And trust me, I look. I, I think they're playing well. I don't believe in the Lions that well. I don't believe in Jared Goff like that. But they are playing well now. Should the Lions retain Jared Goff? Absolutely. Okay, you know what I mean. Like clear. I think they winning. Listen, the Rams did get a Super Bowl. So let's be clear. They got Matthew Stafford. They give. They got a Super Bowl. 
But Matthew Stafford is not even playing right now. Jared Goff is balling. Jared Goff got more years left, and I think he could still get a little better. He's still young. I mean, the man is not old. He ain't even in his prime yet. And clearly, he don't got the strongest of arms, but the man is pretty accurate. Uh, he's been taking care of the ball. I think he's up to like 23 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Um, I think his QBR is about 65. The man is playing football at the highest of levels. So, yeah, he earning a contract. That's fair to say. You can't say right now, are you going to get somebody in the draft where the position in the Lions is going to be and to be able to take his job, right? There's nobody in the free agency that's going to come in and take his job. So clearly, if you got a top 15 quarterback in your house, okay, the league is only 32 teams. That's more than half of the, half of the teams. Guess what? You got to keep this guy. Build around this guy. Draft around this guy. Put some more talent around this guy defensively, offensively. And maybe the Lions can make a real run at it next year and start off this season the way they finish this season and they on fire. I'm going to respectfully disagree on both of what you said about them making the playoffs and about the future at quarterback as I'm choking up. So I'm going to, you know, take this little sip of the water real quickly here before we proceed. <clears throat> yes, sir. Okay. Like you would say, back to the basics. Okay. <clears throat> All right. So we look at the schedule right now. Panthers, Bears, and Packers. Okay. Um, I believe they play the Packers on the road. I believe mm -hmm. next week on the road against the Panthers at home against the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Winnable games. I can see them yeah. running the table with the way that they're playing right now. I think that would be enough to get in because Washington, I can see them losing to who they play next week. San Fran, I can see them losing that game and losing that little lead that they have over the lines, right? I can see that at some point them losing that lead. Like I said earlier when we started off the show, that conference is overrated. Somebody going to lose. That's going to allow the Lions to get in there, and I ain't lying. But I want to, you know, credit the Lions for winning this game yesterday against the Jets. It was not an easy game. Absolutely. Okay. You know, the Jets, they have one of the best defensive units in the league. You know what? It's crazy to me. I saw them go up against New England. The Lions, I'm talking about here, they get shut out completely. 29-0. to zero. Didn't put up a point. Didn't even kick a field goal. Didn't even get a safety. Okay, how many ways you could score in the NFL? They did not do it. They had the donut by Bill Belichick. But I can argue, and stats and scores can back my argument up, that the Jets' defense is better than New England. And they were still able to generate enough offense to win the game. And I would take some of the pedestrian numbers from Jared Goff if it means not turning the ball over, which he didn't do. All right, where you look at the other side of the field and you flip it, Zach Wilson showed more explosiveness throwing the ball down the field, but boneheaded plays came along with that, right? That's what I call YOLO play, okay? You only live once. Just throw it up there, okay? Maybe it get picked. He got another one. He had one that almost was an interception. This guy made a play on it. Should have had two. But with that being said, credit to them. They won the game. I think they made the playoffs. Now, as we move to this sub topic here, talking about their future, listen, they call me the Lotion Diamonds for a reason. Mm -hmm. I came out last year and I said it on this very damn show that in three years, the Lions will be the face of the North. Okay. And after I said that, okay, we get into this year and everybody want to come along, come along, come along to the party that Lil was throwing. I get it. It happens all the time. You know, it is what it is. I got to get myself my jurisdiction due. But with that being said, if the Lions want to, fulfill my prophecy that they will be that team in the north to look out for the face of the north in the future 
They got to get rid of Jared Goff. And I'm going to tell you all the reasons why. Number one, financially. I believe, as I have up here, that they can save a whole lot of money by Come getting on. away from him. So basically, after this season, they can save up towards $20 million. Okay? They will have a cap hit of more than $30 million next year with him on the roster. So you can save $20 million in extra cap space by getting out of the contract and also, if you were to take a quarterback, you have more flexibility with a guy on his rookie deal. That's financial reasons. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, I remember Matthew Stafford last year on the team. They didn't know what the future was going to be like with Matthew Stafford. Okay? that Last year that he played for the team, they didn't know what to do with him. Then he requests a trade. He gets traded, and now they don't have a quarterback. They missed out on Justin Herbert that year, that last year Matthew Stafford stayed on the team. They missed out on Justin Herbert. They could have flipped Matthew Stafford out of there, jabbed Justin Herbert, or maybe even two, all right? And they could have got their quarterback. Don't make the same mistake. I understand that right now Jared Koff is playing good football. I understand that. But let's not get lost in the sauce, boss, okay? Because at the end of the day, you need to toss him. This is the perfect time to sell high. You have to know as a football team when it's a perfect time to capitalize off opportunity and sell high. They need to sell high, get rid of this guy. Congratulations. Thank you. Have a Merry Christmas. So long. Mm -hmm. I want my quarterback of the future because, as I saw, with talented rosters over the years, without that guy, without that quarterback, it meant nothing. Ask the Colts. Ask the Panthers. Without that guy, it means absolutely nothing. And you will be looking for that guy for the next five to seven years. So okay. now that you have a pick in the top five, you have cats like C.J. Stroud. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And you have other guys that you can draft with that pick. Who knows when you're going to get there? If we, if my forecast is real, they are not picking that low for the next couple of years. So you might as well take your quarterback and go caution in the wind and go okay. win. Okay. And the funny thing about this is you don't know how that quarterback is going to respond in the NFL. Uh, Jared Goff did take a team to a Super Bowl before. Okay, if you build a roster around him, he has shown you that he can actually win a playoff game or two. So with that being said, I'm building a roster around this dude. The man is not old. Okay, he is a legitimate starting quarterback in this league. He is better than half of the starting quarterbacks in this league. And if you throw him away in the wind, clearly I, I, your premise of saving the 20 million makes a lot logical sense. But trying to go get that guy in the draft don't always pan out. That is a what if. Nobody knew who Justin Herbert was until Justin Herbert got into the NFL. Nobody knew who Patrick Wait. Mahomes was until Patrick Mahomes got into the NFL. That's why you Sometimes, draft. <laughs> but guess what? But Zach Wilson was supposed to be that guy. Okay? He was supposed to be that guy. They don't look like that guy. So you just don't know. You just don't know. You got a legitimate quarterback. You got somebody that can hold down the fort and lead a team to a Super Bowl. He's done that already. Okay? Because we don't know if Justin Herbert could do that because we never see him play a playoff game. We don't know if these other quarterbacks in the college could do that because we didn't even see him play in the NFL. We know this man in the building. If we pick the talent around this man, he can take us to the promised land. Okay, we're talking about the Detroit Lions. We're talking about a team that won one playoff game in 60 years. Okay, so winning a playoff game to them is huge. Okay, and this is a guy in the building that led a team to a Super Bowl run. I keep this guy in the building because you never know when you're going to go out in the grab. That's a crap shoot, bro. Now, as far as being the face of the of the of the of the North, 
I'll take the Chicago Bears and Justin Fields. He is that guy. I mean, I'm not going to disrespect Justin Fields. I'm a fan of his game. I think he's a I, I he might be faster than Lamar Jackson. Okay, might be. <laughs> but at the same time, the face of the North is in lines. They're building something more special. They got the weapons. They are they are still building out that team. They're not ready to win yet. That's the thing. Even if they make the playoffs, they're not ready to win no, right ready now. So that's yeah. why I'm saying from a long-term perspective, you get the guy, give him a couple years to develop. It's not like, all right, you drive C.J. Stroud next year and you're trying to win a chip. No, I'm talking about the next three years. So now you have a quarterback, right, that you can develop for the next two years. And when you finish planning out your roster, adding to the defense, obviously the defense is probably the, you know, the back, right. the back seat of the team. You can fill out your roster. You can always find a defensive player, but you can never always find a quarterback. Take him. Okay, take the guy. And I understand that there's a level of unknown. We don't know how these quarterbacks is going to pan out. We never know. But that's why you take the risk and you trust your system. You see, with Jared Goff, we know there's a ceiling. We know what his ceiling is. I don't know what C.J. Stroud's ceiling is right now. Okay? I know with Jared Goff, he's a conventional quarterback. Right? He's going to make the safe throws. He's going to, you know, get the ball out. But I know when you need him to make a play, he probably not going to make the play. And I understand he made the Super Bowl. But let's go to Sean McVay and his resume, his repertoire. He won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford, who has never won a Super Bowl prior to linking up with McVay. He won Baker Mayfield. He looked good to me. He didn't even learn the playbook. And somehow he won last week. So at the end of the day, we know Sean McVay is a quarterback guy. He's a quarterback, quote unquote, guru. We need to know that Jared Goff can not sit shotgun, you know, back seat, digging in the scene with the gates and lean, but can he lead our team to a Super Bowl and be the catalyst yeah. of that? I don't I, think so. And that's I, why you got to you know go so crazy? get that guy. You know so crazy, cousin? Sean McVay, great. I give you that. But Jared Goff has proven that he can play without him right now before our eyes. He's proven that. He's basically saying right now, I can play football. It ain't just Sean McVay. He's proven it. So, Listen, man, it could go either way, but I'm sticking with Jared Goff. And I think the Lions will do it, too. We have to see about that. But shout out to my brother, Fahim, Father God. Okay, make sure you tap into his podcast. Okay, runs in the family. And oh. nobody put us on on all streaming platforms, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, Apple, whatever. Make sure you lock it in. Salute to my brother. Okay, let's go next. All right, seven-game win streak. We talked about it earlier. But, you know. My expectations is a little bit simmered down a little bit, but I'm happy to see us playing. I get to watch more Knicks basketball. Okay, so it is what it is. But anyway, let's move on to the next topic that we have on today's show. We're going to move back into the NBA like I promised, and we're going to talk about Anthony Davis. Okay, and the question is as follows. Okay, as you see it at the bottom of your screen, should the Lakers be more willing to trade for Buddy Hield and Miles Turner Okay, now that Anthony Davis is out injured or less willing to make a trade in the light of the injury. Now, I would love to start this one off. Okay, Cuzzo, mm -hmm. I'm going to answer it like this. I actually thought the polar opposite of the way how this question is worded on both sides. I actually thought when Anthony Davis was doing making it do what it do, you talked about his resurgence averaging 27 points per game, averaging 12.1 rebounds. That actually applied the pressure to the front office to make a trade when he was there. Because it's like, all right, he's going off. Let's go all in and try to win this chip. But now that he's out and now that he's going to be out for a month, 
I'm saying to myself, yeah, you look at the Western Conference. There was a team in particular, and I don't want to single nobody out, but I'm actually <laughs> going to give them credit in a way. There was a team that I could always count on. There was a couple teams, but there's one that stands out to me that I could always count on for being a loser. This is the worst franchise prior to this Ooh. year in professional sports, and that is the Kings. I could always count on them to be at the bottom of the standings. When you factor the playing game, the mathematics is easy to make the playing game and potentially make the playoffs from there. Now that the Kings is actually playing decent basketball this Absolutely. year, the Lakers got a mountain to climb. And that's why I'm saying to myself, why go all in and waste your future assets when you're probably not going to win anything? You know, it's just not going to happen. And that's why when I reflect back to this trade of Anthony Davis and the Pelicans, in which they flipped for Zion Williamson to flip that trade for Zion, I'm saying to myself, I'm not going to say who the winner was. Obviously, the Lakers got what they wanted. They won a championship in the bubble. So obviously, by virtue of that, they're not a loser. But the Pelicans, look what they're building in the Western Conference. I would argue they're not a loser either. That's one of the trades where both teams want to trade. Now, why is that important? And why is that relevant to what we are talking about right now? It's relevant because if the Lakers lose out and don't make the playing game, chances are they're going to have high odds to have a top five pick. Nola can flip that, and that could be their pick. So imagine if somehow, I know it's a high take, I know it's a four possibility, but what if, okay, they're able to flip that top five selection with Victor Remignana to go along with that team over there? I mean, come on. So when I reflect and circle back to this present conversation, no, they shouldn't be willing to trade for Buddy Hill and Miles Turner. If Anthony Davis was still there and cooking like how he was, then maybe if you're the front office, you feel the pressure to make a trade like that to go all in. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, I totally agree. Uh, they can't. They, that's that's foolish right now. Um, to make that trade. Now I'm gonna uh, listen. <laughs> Anthony Davis is a sensational talent, right? When that man is healthy, I do top three player, man. I mean, that's how great he is. He's unstoppable. He can do everything. But the man can't stay healthy, right? And when you talk about stock high, that's what I'll be thinking to do. I'll be thinking to trade uh, 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 Anthony Davis. I'll be trying to get this dude out the building, right? I would have been thinking to trade. He can't stay healthy, cousin. He just can't. That man ain't going to get healthier as he get older, okay? He ain't going to turn 30 and start getting mad healthy again. No. No. Y'all already seen it. Y'all got your chip with this dude, okay? Now it's time to sell that cat. I'll be trying to sell that dude immediately, okay? That's exactly what I'll be doing. So if I want to talk a trade, I'll be looking at a team that think they on the verge of winning. No disrespect. I will try to hoot wink the Knicks or something like this here. Okay. Get some assets from them and get them Anthony Davis. Because at the end of the day, Anthony Davis can't play a full season in a full playoff and be healthy and be dominant. He could only do it in stretches. He can do it out a month at a time. He's going to play a month, take off a month. Play a month, take off a month. Because trust me, what do you think? When he come back, he's not going to get hurt again? I guarantee you'll be hurt by much. Okay, that's a fact. This is not an opinion. So when when we was talking earlier on the, on the previous show, okay, and we said, "Is this dude the MVP, dude?" I said, "Absolutely not," because he won't be there. I don't trust this man' health. Trade that cat immediately. And really, no disrespect, until the New Orleans Pelicans prove to us that they are that team, and 
the way it looks to me, they to me they wind up winning this straight. Now I know you said the Lakers, you're right. They did get the championship in the bubble. Okay. And the only reason why they got that championship, because Anthony Davis had three months off to heal. Okay. And all he had to do was worry about the bubble and the playoff run, which is about a month run, and he got a championship. Because if he had to play that whole season straight through, he never would have been there for the playoffs. The man would have got hurt. That's a fact. Not an opinion. So at the end of the day, to me, New Orleans is doing anything. Trade this cat. As great as a talent as he is, what is he, 28? 29 years old, I'm not yep, exactly 28, sure. 28, I believe. 28 or 29. <laughs> Get him out of there now before he turns 30 so somebody could believe he's that guy. Yo, we got we got Anthony Davis under the age of 30. They wilding. No, hold that. Give me some assets. Give me some draft picks. Give me another couple of players and get this dude out of the building. Seriously, because that dude can't stay healthy longer than a month. Next, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it, next. Please don't. Please, please, please don't. All right, that'd be another Amari Stoudemire situation. Please don't do that. Okay. Now I will say this: it's funny because it just dawned on me as you was talking. The last topic that we did prior to this one, you don't see no similarities. Okay, when you talk about the trades, right? We talked about the lines prior here and how they traded Matthew Stafford. And how they took the collection of picks to build what they're trying to build the lines I'm talking about here. And Matthew Stafford, they won the trade, right? The one yep. year, yep. won the trade, right? Immediately. Right. This reminds me of that where, you know, you can reflect back. They traded Anthony Davis. They went into the championship in a bubble. The Lions flipping that for Zion Williamson, building that team out, trading for C.J. McCollum, along with Brandon Ingram. You know, yep. and Brandon Ingram got traded from the Lakers in that package and building yep. that team. It's like both situations, I could say that the teams, both sides, probably yep. won the trade. And I understand yeah, that's the fair. bubble. That's fair. You know, you, you talk about the bubble and how much we validate the bubble championship. At the end of the day, there's a lot of pros and cons to that argument because you can say that was the hardest championship to win because of everything that was going on. And, and you go say it's the easiest one. I don't know where you stand on that. I don't even think it's relevant to the conversation. But right. needless to say, they got their chip that they wanted. Obviously, they wanted more than one, but they got one. They the got Pelicans, one. they got their guy. They are number they one, I believe, in the Western Conference right now. And they could potentially have another good player if the Lakers bottom out. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And you know what? Let's move on here. Before we do, I want to make this point of emphasis. The Lakers have 12 games over the next 17 games against teams with records of 500 or better. Whew. Okay, remember, the West is tight right now. Yeah. They won the game yesterday against the Wizards. It was a close game. They edged that out. But now you're kind of putting the pressure on LeBron to kind of turn back the clock in a sense. Not like, you know, he lost his game or anything, but he's not as durable as he once was. This no, LeBron you know James we're talking about here. No, you know what it is, cousin? It's not that he's not even as durable, and he's not. But he's not as impactful. His numbers is not as impactful. And you know why, right? Because defensively, he's a very shell of himself. Offensively, because of spacing and movement, lack of physicality, he can still put up numbers. But defensively, that man is a shell of himself. That's a fact. Absolutely. And now let's move on to our final thoughts. What came to mind when you saw the Raiders win the game against the Patriots on the final play? Because of what came to mind? What came to my mind was Bill Belichick, bro. Uh... We talk about discipline. We talk about the greatest coach of all times. We talking about drilling in information before the players hit the field, right? That's what coaching is all about. Drilling in the information 
before the players hit the field. This is Bill Belichick's specialty. And this dude looked like a rookie head coach. Dare I say, the greatest coach of all times, you can make the argument greatest coach of all time in any sport. That's how great this man has been over his career. Okay? And he came out looking like Mike McCarthy? What? That's what it looked like, a Mike McCarthy coach-type team. That looked horrible, bro. They looked undisciplined. They looked like you put these kids out there, young cats, I'm calling them kids, but young dudes, young men, out there, and they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to handle situational football. They didn't know how to handle just time management. They didn't look like they was professional. They looked at amateur, bro. I'm sorry. And that's what I thought when I first saw it. It blew my mind away, and I was watching it live. And I was I was, I was dumbfounded, bro. I, ain't, I don't know what else to say about that. I was watching it live on Red Zone, right? And first of all, I was screaming my head off. That's what I was doing. You know, people had to check to see if I was okay, but they should know the cue. On Sundays, you hear me screaming. There's only one reason why, okay? And obviously, the NFL, and that gave me a reason to scream. Now, I said what came to mind to me was I was actually shocked that they were actually trying to go for the points there because – when you reflect back to Bill Belichick and how conservative he has been Absolutely. since Tom Brady left with Mac Jones, I would assume that I right, 50 seconds, maybe to most teams, I right, that's a cue like, yo, the game is tied. Let's try to win the game. But not with Bill Belichick, not with that 1999 playbook that he has that he's operating from. OK, <laughs> I, it was just like, yo, like, I was thinking it was like, yo, let's run out the clock. Let's play for overtime and try to win the game in overtime. Trust our defense, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is them actually trying to go for the win. I was actually shocked that they tried to do that. Now, another thing I was shocked that they didn't try to hell marry because it was at Benfield. I would right. think that Mac Jones have enough arm strength to be able to make that throw. 50, right. The Clearly 50, he doesn't. Right. So they did that little play to, you know, I don't believe it was actually to Jacoby Myers. It was to somebody else. Jacoby Myers had the ball and he flips it back in the wrong direction. I understand that he was trying to make a play, but. You have overtime in your back pocket. This is not a situation where you have to win the game with that play. Right. Like you're going, you're guaranteed overtime. You're, you're guaranteed it. I can understand, yo, you're trailing. You need the touchdown to win the game. All right, he throws that interception. They return it. We're not talking about it because you needed to make that play, whatever play you can. But you had overtime in your back pocket. You decide to try to be the hero. And guess what? You ended up becoming the zero because y'all lost this game. And another thing, Cuzzo, Mac Jones, can we tackle? Can, can we just make a tackle? Yo. What kind of tackle is that? My man just got stepped on out the way. I understand. Oh. That's not his position. Grab onto the legs. Hope that you, you get hold some Hold on. Like, if you just hold on, somebody else can get there. You know what I mean? Like, goodness. It was unbelievable, and it is what it is, man. Patriots, Bill Belichick is looking like. Now, they can still make the playoffs. But right now, that loss right there put a dent in the playoff hopes. And what better story? I understand the play was the play, and everybody's going to talk about that play in particular when we talk about this subject. But it was Josh McDaniels versus Bill Belichick that went under the radar a little bit. It was yeah, Josh yeah, yeah. McDaniels versus Bill Belichick the second time that Josh McDaniels beat Bill Belichick. I remember I was a Patriot fan. We lost to the Broncos when Josh McDaniels was coaching on that team. He beat out Bill Belichick. I mean, hey, that's an underrated story. I'm just saying within that's this fair. story that we're talking about right now. Cuzzo, any last final thoughts on this particular topic right now? 
Um, I'm gonna save it, man. I got, I, I got, I got a lot of stuff to say. I got a lot of stuff to get off my chest on this. You know what I'm talking about. Segment coming up, man. I got a lot of stuff to get off my chest, bro. And we might as well do it right now, as Cuzzo. I'm gonna flip the mic to you first of all to introduce this segment, okay, and take it from there. Yes, this segment is that ride or die, and somebody gonna get that smoke. Okay, I'll break it down to y'all really quick. If you that ride or die, you had a spectacular game over the weekend. You could ride with me. I'll roll with you. You could be on my team. I can hang out with you. But if you're going to get that smoke, and we just finished talking about some smoke, somebody got to get it. That means you did something horrible. You played horrible. I wouldn't want you on my team. I'll punch you. Get you out of here. And you got to play better. Are you professional or not? Do you want to win a championship or not? That's what it's always all about when we talk about sports. It's championships or bust. That's it. So let's get to it. Somebody got to be that ride or die, and somebody going to get that smoke. And we're going to start with that ride or die, okay? Okay? And I'm going to tell you something like this here, man. Trevor Lawrence, number one draft pick from Clemson, won a national championship in college, came out as one of the highest prospects in NFL history. They were sweating this cat. Had a horrible year, yeah, had a horrible year last year. Nobody was talking about him, but Trevor Lawrence is coming up. And we're going to show y'all last night, yesterday, or yesterday afternoon, Trevor Lawrence went, well, rather home, played against Dallas and handled business. And Trevor Lawrence, you my ride or die, kid. The man put up real numbers. The man got behind. The man went through adversity. They was down 27 to 10, 17 at home. In the second half, mind you, against Dallas Cowboys defense. Okay, Michael Parsons, defensive player of the year. He's supposed to get all the sacks. When they, when the Dallas Cowboys got a big lead, Michael Parsons is supposed to be able to take over and finish the game. That's why he's there. That's why he's supposed to be that dude. And Trevor Lawrence stared them in the face. Okay, the man threw for four touchdowns, one interception, over 300 yards. Okay, he handled business. He made the plays. They won the game. They came back. And when you play like that, you could be the number one draft pick. When you play like that, you could be a quarterback that leads a team to the player. When you play like that, you're going to be that ride and die, okay? And you can hang with me. I'll hang with you. You can roll with me, and I'll roll with you. As long as Trevor Lawrence plays like that under pressure, he's always going to be that ride and die, okay? Now, he might not be it next week. He might not be it the week after that. But for this week, Trevor Lawrence handled business, and he's that ride and die. You got anything to add to that, Cuzzo, or what? I mean, look, bro, clever Trevor. That's what I call him, man. <laughs> I never lost hope. I just never lost hope. A lot of people, you know, with the Urban Maya experiment, they saw the yep. lose hope already. I said to myself, listen, tell me a play that Urban Maya ran from an X's and O's perspective. They get real quiet. Okay, then. All right, give this man a quarterback coach. They got him one in Doug Peterson. Yep. And Doug now Peterson. we are seeing the fruits of the labor Listen, Absolutely. watch out for this cat, man. The Jaguars, watch out for them making the playoffs. Watch right now, them. the Titans are sliding, sliding. Woo. They might have a matchup to see who get in. Last game of the season. Now let's go to that smoke. The Freddy system ain't no joke. I'm about to give somebody all the smoke, and they got to get it. When you play bad, you're going to see me. You're going to have to deal with me because I'm not playing. I'm not. I'll handle business, okay? When you stink, you stink. When you're trash, you're trash. When you're garbage, you're garbage. And last night, yesterday, Dare I say Bill Belichick? Dare I say uh, 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 Jacoby Myers? Dare I say uh, what? How, how, how pronounce it? Uh, um, Roman Romande uh, uh, Stevenson. Romande Stevenson. Yep. Romande Stevenson. 
Jacoby Myers and Bill Belichick. Y'all gotta get that smoke. And we're gonna break this down. Ain't gotta happen, cousin. You can't play like this. This is not NFL football. That don't even look like college football. That don't look like high school football. You don't know how to play. When you when you tossing the ball back, we're gonna start right there. When you tossing the ball back, you're supposed to be down, not tied. You gotta be down because if you make a, a, a horrible play, you was gonna lose the game anyway. That's when you toss the ball back. That's how that game's supposed to. If they was down one point, one point, and they taught and no more time on the clock. Hey, toss it around, they score a touchdown. That was gonna lose anyway. Makes no difference. The game aside. What are you crazy? What is this? It's hard. Uh, do you know NFL? And Bill Belichick, we're gonna start at the top because they gotta get onto the field. So how did they do not know? Why did first of all, you don't take a knee, like you said, be conservative, right? Go to overtime, handle your business. Okay. Clearly, y'all should have did that. Clearly, y'all was outplaying the Raiders all well in the second half. Y'all was outplaying them. Y'all came back. Y'all was outplaying them. And Bill Belichick should have said, I'm comfortable with going to overtime. Take the knee. He didn't do that. Okay. Ramondo Stevenson, he ran the ball, just ran out of bounds, full on the ground. What are you doing? Okay. You in the NFL or not? Okay. No, instead, he tosses it back. And then, no disrespect to Jacoby Myers, you throw the ball across the field. This is he, nobody does this across the field backwards to your quarterback. What, what do you think he's gonna do? He like four four speed. This dude is a, Lamar Jackson. No, he's not. He's not athletic. There's nothing positive gonna happen with this play. And you throw the ball back, you're gonna get smoked. You gotta get the smoke. The Freddie system ain't no joke. I'm giving it to Stevens. I'm giving it to Myers. I'm giving it to Bill Belichick. Y'all gotta get the smoke. Matter of fact, New England Patriots. Y'all gotta get the smoke. How about that? How about how about how about Massachusetts? You're getting the smoke. Y'all gotta get the smoke. This is horrible. Okay, for all the luck that the Patriots had over the years. Okay, and it probably started with the tuck rule against the Raiders. Okay, with all the luck that they got, it's flipping now. It flipped over, and now they're getting the smoke. Bill Belichick, you are the head. You are the head coach, and you got all the smoke. The Freddie system ain't no joke. Stevenson, Myers, and Belichick, y'all just got all the smoke. Play better than that. It's embarrassing. You know this. <laughs> Well-deserved smoke right there. They deserve that smoke for sure. Cuzzo, great segment. It's time for your boy. Yeah, Send it home. Baby. Bring it home. With the what if. Now, my what if for today is what if James Harden stayed in Brooklyn? You know, over the weekend, James Harden did an interview where he was talking about his legacy and what went wrong in Brooklyn. And that's when it dawned on me to make sure I do this segment on this segment. Okay. And let's talk about it. The Nets, when they made the move to trade for James Harden, they wanted to sacrifice depth. Depth that I thought could have been useful to the team to, you know, go all in with superstar depth, right? Claire, we all know how that panned out, the picks that they let go and what they had coming in. Now, before I even proceed, I do want to say this. James Harden, I don't think we should let him off the hook, and I feel a lot of people did because, A, you wasn't in physical peak shape. Okay, that's one thing. Okay, so you criticize, you know, the culture and the accountability. Well, how about you hold yourself accountable and show up, you know, like a professional basketball player, not like the nutty professor. How about we start off there? B, KB, you done asked for a trade a year ago for one situation, and nobody talked about it. You know why nobody talked about it? Because people decided to play politics when it came to Kyrie Irving. And his decision to not get vaccinated. So you know what that did? It gave James Harden an easy pass out of town. Okay? He took it and he ran with it. Now, what if he stayed? 
What if James Harden said, you know what? I'm going to wait, okay, to exercise my free agency that was coming up that same summer, okay? Then maybe he'll see, oh, wow, Mayor Adams, he lifted the mandate. Kyrie Irving can play. Maybe we can try to win a championship. Now we won the championship. Am I so willing to go? Should I go? Maybe I still go because I got my chip. My legacy is, is finito. It's good in a good way. Or I want to back, get a contract, a long-term contract to stay with this team and win more. What does that do to the NBA in the super team era? James Harden, when he left, he probably ended the super team era because yep. they possibly could have won a championship. And guess what? Win another one. Now, what does Bradley Bill do? What does Dame Litter do? How does that impact their free agencies that took place after the season? We don't know. It's what if. But I would say this. With the short sample size that we had with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on the floor, and I believe, trust me, indeed short, okay, indeed short sample size, a little taste, they were 13 and 3. They were 13 and 3. They didn't even have chemistry yet. They were 13 and 3. They didn't even have chemistry yet. Imagine if they had that chemistry flowing. Okay, how better they would have played together. It would have been for a defender. Pick your poison. We have three elite scorers and playmakers. Pick your poison. You can't stop us. So, yeah, we sacrificed the depth. But guess what? You can't stop Harden. You can't stop Kevin Durant. You can't stop Kyrie Irving. Somebody you're going to have to pay attention to. And somebody's going to get a nice, easy look to the basket. What if James Harden stayed mm. in Brooklyn? That's my what if. So I'll give you a chance to respond to that. Yeah, listen, man, it's a great what if because if James Harden would have stayed in Brooklyn, right now they'd be the best team in the East. Right now they would be the favorites to win a championship. And not only probably for this year, probably for next year as well. And like you said, as far as changing his legacy, if James Harden just get a championship under his legacy, no matter where he get it from, this dude goes up and be become one of the greatest players of all time. He's, he'd be instantly a top 20 player with his numbers, with his resume. So clearly that what if have sailed because he is no longer in Brooklyn. He's in Philadelphia. And the reason why I like this topic to close us out is because it had so many implications. Like I said, the super team era in basketball, yep. right? Yep. If this worked, then that formula still works for a lot of people. So we're talking about it from that perspective, right? Okay, cool. Right, as we, you know, Sean Michelle, what's going on? What's going on? Um, you can check out as well. We promoting all the brands here. Check out absolutely WTF Radio, okay, <laughs> on all Spotify, whatever platforms. Make sure you lock in there, okay. Shout out to Sean Michelle, the GOAT. But anyway, I would say this, right? You talk about the super team era and how that impacted the super team era. You talk about Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's legacies. They went to Brooklyn to win a championship. The Warriors just won a chip. The Celtics just played in the chip. Their legacies was affected as well. And James Harden overall Ooh. legacy is affected as well. You know, okay? so, cousin, mm, that's a great perspective, bro. If they stayed together, imagine Golden State not winning that championship. That changes step legacy. That just changes his total legacy right there. You know what I mean? Changes Durant legacy as well. I mean, it, it, he really impacted the futuristics of the NBA. Literally. And now, if he doesn't win with the 76ers, we're going to reflect back to when he had the opportunity to win a chip in Bucktown, and he didn't. So that's <laughs> why we are left to ask, what if James Harden stayed in Bucktown? 
a.k.a. Brooklyn. Cuzzo, that wraps up another episode of 99 Pod. It's not 1999. Any more podcasts? And before we leave and depart like the Red Sea, do you have anything else to say before we leave? Um, really quick, man, want to give a shout out to cousin, um, Father God, you know what I mean? Fahim, my cousin, he's shaman in. Charlotte Michelle, and I appreciate all of y'all shaman in. Everybody that's shaman in, I appreciate everybody. Uh, dope show, me and cousin, we're gonna be doing it again. Uh, y'all saw the what if, y'all saw the ride or die smoke, and it's gonna get crazier, man. Keep shaman in, you know what I mean? We're gonna get it in. Listen, man, we are picking at the right time. It's going down. We are becoming innovative. Cuzzo, obviously, you're the brains behind the ride or die and what if. We just took it on the show along with you, and now we are building something. So make sure you like and subscribe, and of course, feel the vibe. See y'all on the other side. Peace out. Let's get activated, let's get activated, let's get activated, let's get activated. Go creepy in the pocket, let it go, them bullets penetrate. When you in that field, it get real, just stay dedicated. Go, put me in the gun, I know what to do. Show me something. That's another set, cause I be running through it. I set up the play, I'ma make a move. It's gonna be a blitz if I run into you. Go, when the plug kick off the bomb, run it back home. Hell, mirror, pray the feds don't intercept the pack. Familiar with the struggle, look, I'm coming up from scratch. Nothing. Huddle with my pain, then I turned it to some rest. Nothing motivate me 